0: Welcome in. It's another edition of the Doyle and Derek podcast here at Indie Star. I'm your host, Derek Schultz, Fox Sports 1260 Afternoons. And the big star of the show, of course, as always, is Indie Star sports columnist Greg Doyle. And, Greg, I feel we've talked about this before. I know you're a routine guy. I'm a routine guy. A lot of people dread kind of coming back to work this week after the holiday layoff. I don't know about you, but I, I loved waking up yesterday. Like, I was super geeked to get back into my routine and have everything kind of return to normalcy, if you will.
1: No doubt about it. I, I You give me too much free time. I don't know what to do with it. And you, <laughs> you don't give me a schedule. I don't know what to do with it. And I'm going to end up vacuuming my apartment three times in a week. I, I don't know what to do. So, yes, this is all good for me. Plus, it's, it's fun work. What we do is fun work, but sure. also... We're going to games and they're, you know, we get to see IU this weekend in Purdue and the Pacers played it tomorrow night and we get to worry about Tom Brady being a complete and total jerk. So it's
0: fun. Let's start with that last thing that you just said, Tom Brady and being a jerk and that's, no, no, no. Uh,
1: I said a complete and total jerk.
0: A complete and total jerk, yes. I want Thank to make you. sure in the interest of journalistic accuracy that we get that right. Uh, we got plenty of basketball to talk about, too. But kind of the big topic over the weekend, the, the Patriots losing Saturday. Okay, one topic is, is this the end of the run? Is this finally going to be a divorce between Brady and Belichick? Because it feels like it's been trending that way for a while, especially with Brady's decline. And the second topic, at least from a local standpoint, is if Tom Brady's on the open market... Would the cults be a possibility? Uh, let's start with the first one first, this whole you know Patriots dynasty. Have we seen the end? Is this it?
1: We've all wanted to say, yes, this is the end. I mean, every time they don't win a Super Bowl for like eight years because Brady's 42. Mm-hmm. We've wanted to say, and I've wanted to say it's over. Um, but now it really does feel like it's over because you got Brady, they're gonna they're not gonna pay him that much money going forward. So he's essentially gonna be a free agent for sure. And his play is falling off, and Belichick is cold-blooded snake. I mean, if you can't play for him at the certain level he wants, you're done. Now, Brady's different. Bob Kraft and Brady are probably close, but it does look like it's over. It look, The question is, what's more likely? Are both back? Is one back? Are neither back? And I'm talking about Belichick and Brady. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's kind of a toss-up right now between neither and, and just Belichick. I think Brady's for sure gone.
0: Is there a chance that this is it for either of them as far as retirement is concerned?
1: I hope so i'm so sick i mean i'm so sick of both of them i am part of me would like belichick though to try to win as he did this year second half of the year with Brady, without a great quarterback you know brady fell off a cliff and they went four and five down the stretch i would like to see belichick fail so i don't really want him to go out and he's not going out on top but he still is going out with 10 11 wins near the playoffs. so i'd like him to fail brady he's just gonna fail because he's getting older but He's I would not like, going
0: to go out with a pick six, right? He's not going to retire you, with with your last memory a home playoff loss to the freaking Titans. We've seen it.
1: We've seen it where it's unfathomable that somebody would retire with another team besides the team they're with. It seems unfathomable that Brady will play for anybody else ever. And Lord knows he doesn't need the money. I mean, you know, just he take his money away, Giselle. He doesn't need the money. But it just seems unfathomable that he will play two years somewhere else. Especially he's going to fall off a cliff. He's got to know his legacy will look terrible. If he sucks here or in Tampa Bay or wherever for two years, everybody's going to wonder, is it because you cheated? Did the bell check? I mean, no one's going to really believe that, but it's going to be out there. So I, he'd be smart to quit.
0: You have any interest in him being a cult? None. Zero. None. Like, I, I like stories. You know, I mean, we all like
1: stories. I like drama and all this stuff. And I've been so hard on Brady, you know, not just in stories, but on Twitter here and there, but mainly stories. Um, I'd have to pretend to like him because I can't I mean I, I can't have the quarterback of the Colts. Of course I'm at odds with the Jacoby right now a little bit, but it's not personal. I just don't think he's great, but I can't be at odds with the biggest guy in town and Brady would be the biggest. I can't do that. So is this more of a personal standpoint thing
0: or a football standpoint thing or both?
1: Oh, well, it's both. I mean, he's I mean I think you look at the football and I do think they'd be better next year with Brady than Jacoby. I, I do, but I don't think Which it's Which isn't in, a
0: very high bar. Right, it's <laughs> not a
1: very high bar and I don't think he'd be a lot better. I do think he'd be better. But I personally, just personally, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to, I don't want to see him. I don't want to have to write about him. I don't want to have to avoid him. I don't want to deal with Tom Brady in this locker room.
0: Yeah, I'm not in favor of it just because I don't think replacing a stopgap with another stopgap is what the Colts need to do. If they were really close, I think the Colts are in better shape than some people say they are, Greg. But if the Colts were – if they were really close, I'd be more invested in that. They're not really close. I think they're closer than most people say, but they're not really like the Denver situation in 2012 made a lot of sense for them because they were coming off the Tebow thing and they had just made the playoffs and that was a decent roster. And I think they were ready to win right then. I don't think the Colts are ready to win in 2020. And if you're not ready to win, and I mean like contend for a championship in 2020, if you're not ready to contend for a championship in 2020, then why would you sign Brady? And even then there's some questions as to whether or not he can give you the quarterback play that you need.
1: Yeah, and with, with the the league is so mediocre, it kind of makes it skews, or maybe it's accurate. What are the Colts? Well, look at three of the four teams in the AFC playoffs left. They they beat them. Mm-hmm. So and they beat Kansas City. So it's it's just so hard. I mean, thank goodness for me that I don't have to do Ballard's job because I just wouldn't want to look at my roster. Yeah. look at who left left in the playoffs. Look at Jacoby's numbers, which were one way before the injury, one way after the injury. I, I just wouldn't want to have to decide how close are we. I that I mean, I, anybody that says they know that answer, you're
0: full of it. You don't know. I mean, I don't know. And When you look in at the rest of the roster, the only places I think you really feel good about are probably offensive line, and I think you feel good about linebacker. Great about linebacker. Um, but the rest of the roster, I mean, they're, they're pretty much holes everywhere. We don't even know what's going to happen with Costanzo. You know, depending on what Costanzo does, you might have left tackle the second most important position out there. Um, veteran quarterbacks just in general hate it it's completely shut off no rivers no eli no and i'm just throwing names out there of guys that are going to be available
1: right i i I hate it i hate it with this class of guys a veteran quarterback who's maybe 33 or 34 of course at this day and age if you're 33 34 you're and you're good you're not going to be a free Mm -hmm. agent but but 40 year old guys rivers eli brady I hate it. I mean, I,
0: I hate it. You really either have late thirties, forties guys, or late twenties guys that are going to be out there. Like Teddy Bridgewater is twenty eight. Jameis is, I think, just turned twenty six years old. In fact, his birthday might be today. Um, so really, you don't have even anybody kind of in that age group. You're either going kind of youngish and not totally proven, jury's still out, to oldish and declining.
1: Teddy's very interesting because he is just. I mean, he's clearly young enough that. You kind of like Jameis. I'm sorry, kind of like Jacoby was mm-hmm. last year when they re, you know signed him a two year deal. That guy's young enough that if he's a quarterback, if he's good enough, he can be your guy for ten years. Teddy, if he's good enough, can be your guy for ten years. And someone you're saying he's a free agent after this year? Yeah. I mean, someone's going to pay him a ton, right? So I don't even think the, the Colts are. That's not going to happen. Someone's going to pay him a ton. But I, I think we know the way that Ballard operates, and Ballard believes very strongly in the draft. He believes in youth. He believes in homegrown. He doesn't believe in buying a championship. He doesn't – and, yeah, he'll, he'll plug a guy here and there, like with, with uh, Houston, a defensive end, but he believes in growing him himself. And so if,
0: if Jacoby isn't the guy, the guy is going to be someone in the draft. It's not going to be an old dude. So we're all in agreement about the fact that th- this is very likely going to be through the draft that the Colts end up getting a, uh, a quarterback prospect. What I worry about, Greg, is you're picking 13th and you look at the teams in front of you, look, Burrow's going to go number one. Okay, let's get him off the board. But Tua just declared – and five, six, and seven—I don't remember specifically what the order is. I think it's Miami, the Chargers, and Panthers.
1: It, it's definitely Miami and Chargers are five and six.
0: Five, yeah, five, six, seven. I, I think the Panthers are there too. Um, all three of those teams likely are going to need a quarterback. Too. I'd be
1: scared to death to get two at five, six, or seven, or at thirteen. I'd just be scared. I mean, because he
0: might be great for a long time, you know. But he's so—he's been so injury prone. Yeah. I mean, that's scary. And we don't know how this hip thing is going to heal. That's about as serious of an injury as you can have without it being a career-ending injury. Right? Um, trade up. You've got that Redskins pick, which is the second pick of the second round. You've got three picks in the top fifty. Would you, if you're not in favor of taking two at five? I'm assuming you wouldn't want to trade three picks to get him at five. No,
1: that I mean, two scares me. I mm. uh, the hip thing, you just it's unknown. The unknown two is not a matter of well, a better evaluator understands. That guy wouldn't be scared.
0: I don't care who you are. You've got to be terrified of Tua. Yeah, it's just so difficult too. When you look at these quarterbacks, I think it's really easy to say, "Oh, we knew Mitchell Trubisky was going to be terrible." I'm, I'm not a scout. Mitchell Trubisky, according to some scouts, was going to be the next big thing, right? Oh, and there, I meant- there were questions about Watson. There were questions about Mahomes. I don't, I don't know if you ever really know. Oh, but
1: I'm talking about purely just the hip with Tua. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. T- talent In evaluators, case, yeah. they might know. Yeah. They certainly know a lot better about his talent than I do. I think he's fine, but boy, the, the hip thing—you literally don't know if he'll ever play again. I mean, he probably will, but but you don't know if he'll break it again in, in three weeks. You just don't. I mean, that guy scares me to death from a health standpoint, and the rest of it—you know—the the history has shown. And of course, you can't base your entire franchise on on getting lucky. But history has shown there are guys in the second, third, fourth. Brady was what the sixth. There are you can find a guy, uh, you got to outsmart everybody else, and you got to get a little bit lucky. Because if you thought your franchise quarterback was was there in round four. You wouldn't wait to round four. You'd pick him. Like, everybody talks about how smart New England was. If New England knew Brady was that good or he anything close, that. they don't pick, They don't wait for the sixth round, right? Yeah. They, they grab him early because you never know. So th- that was blind luck, and you might get blind luck. And I think in Ballard's case, he might, and I bet he does, I bet he sits tight because he doesn't like losing draft picks. He likes gaining picks. I bet he sits tight where he is, um, and I bet he drafts a quarterback third, fourth, fifth round and hopes he gets lucky. And develops that guy, and if that guy can beat out Jacoby, great. And if he can't, that's too bad. But maybe, maybe they have two quarterbacks in two years, and they trade one
0: of them. You've written about the fact that you think that Brissett is absolutely going to be the Week One starter, right?
1: Chris Ballard all but said it. Now, people, you know, Ballard said we transcribed it, and I, I I literally wrote down every word he said, or I tried to, and wrote it was ten thousand
0: words. My, you know, your your computer tells you he talked for an hour, twenty minutes. Right, Right. that was a lot.
1: I mean, it was an hour and twenty minutes. He said ten thousand words, and. You know, a third of them were about Jacoby, a third of them probably. And he did say about six words that a lot of people heard. Jacoby's our quarterback right now. And I get it. I'm not an idiot. The words right now implies change tomorrow. Mm. I get it. That was one snippet. And that was early. The more he talked, the more he was either trying to talk himself or talk us into, guys, Jacoby's our guy. I mean, he made it very clear that he deserves another chance. We don't know what we saw. He might have been a ten and six quarterback with with better injuries and better luck and a better kicker. And he also he said I mean, he said twice, two different occasions, he basically said, "We'll we'll learn more about him next year." Well, how are you going to do that if he's if he's sitting on the bench? You're not. You're going to learn more about him, and you're not going to learn more about him in OTAs. I mean, you're going to learn about mm-hmm. him on the field in September 2020. So he's. I mean, I, I heard he's the guy.
0: If they start set next year, is that an indication that they're not interested in really contending next year? And not punting the year per se, but not pushing all their chips in? No. Um,
1: and and I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure nobody in print has been harder on Jacoby down the stretch than me. I, I, I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and if someone's been as hard as me, then it's a tie because you can't really be much harder. Um, so I'm not trying to have it both ways. I didn't like what I saw down the stretch, who did, didn't like how he fell apart in the fourth quarter, who did. But in Jacoby's case, I mean you know, everybody's unique. Like every snowflake is unique. Jacoby we saw enough from Jacoby in the first half, but but like there's something there with Jacoby, is what I'm trying to say. He he is a definite legit NFL starting quarterback. The question is, is he the twenty fifth best starting quarterback in the NFL, or is he fifteenth, twelfth, because you can win with a guy fifteen and twelve? I, he's, I mean, there's something there, and I just don't know if the answer is let the knee heal more, keep his weapons around him, have him one more year of maturity where he doesn't fall apart, and frankly choke in the fourth quarter. Is he just never going to pull in, tap into it? I, there's something there, so I don't. To answer your question, I and I know Ballard and Reich like him. So do I think if they bring back Jacoby as a starter in 2020, are they just basically saying we're not going to win this year? Let's, no, I they there's something there and they see it too. I just don't know if they can get it out of them.
0: I just think sometimes you fall into this trap of somebody's still young and so you want to be patient, you want to be patient, you want to be patient. And I think the the conventional wisdom is, okay, well, if he can do this at 24, then this means this is who he's going to be at 28. Like I look at the Pacers with Miles Turner. Miles Turner, I kept thinking to myself, oh, man, if, if he can do this at 21, then at 25 he's going to be pretty good. And now you're watching Miles Turner and you're like, Yeah, he's still fine, but this is probably just who he is. He's not going to develop into some, like, all-NBA player. And that's what I worry about with Brissette. Brissette has proven that he can be just a guy, but any number of guys can give you, I think, what Brissette is going to give you. Um, He's 28 years old. He's been in the league for four years. You know, I I just kind of – I think some people want to evaluate – I'm not saying that you're doing this, Greg, because you've been really critical of him. I think some fans want to evaluate Brissette like he's a 23-year-old rookie, and he's not. Now you know what you want to take from twenty seventeen is whatever, but still that's fifteen starts, and he's had what thirty four starts now as as a pro. That's a pretty big sample size. I just feel like if there was something more than what we're seeing, we would have seen it by now, regardless of the MCL or the wide receiver injuries or or anything like that.
1: Even saying all that, and I agree with all that. I if you what if you had the choice right now between Bridgewater and Jacoby, I think a lot of people would say Teddy because he was undefeated with the Saints. And also because just like backup quarterbacks are always popular because you really don't see them very much, we don't know what Teddy's warts are, but I, I just I feel like unless you can really upgrade at quarterback, really upgrade, Jacoby's you're not punting. I mean you're 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 uh, he's not going to be great.
0: But my point is is that I I don't think you can. You can definitively know that you're really upgrading. You know what I mean? Like if they're if they're taking a quarterback, they might take the next Johnny Manziel. I don't know. Jordan Love might stink. Right. I have no. And I'm just throwing his name out there. Jordan Love might be terrible. He might be way worse than Brissette. But you have to take that risk because there's at least the chance that Jordan Love could be something. Whereas I think we already know what Brissette is. This kind of goes back to our old conversation, Greg, where we talk about. I think the worst argument to moving on from somebody is who you're going to get that's better. Remember with Vinatieri, it was, who are yeah. you going to get that's better? Well, I don't know. Nobody had heard of Chase McLaughlin, but he looked pretty damn good to me. He looked better. Right? He looked better. And, you, you know, who are you going to get that's better than Chuck Pagano? I don't know. I think Frank Reich's been better, and he didn't have any head coaching experience. So I think that's how – and I believe that that's how boward and the Colts are going to approach this thing. I don't think they're going to be afraid to – go out there and, and stick their neck out for a quarterback it's just going to have to be somebody that they like
1: i do love the fact that that love is um he's the name everybody around here talks about and for one reason only somebody tweeted two months ago that ballard there. was there yeah
0: in like, the middle of nowhere in utah do we think that ballard's only <laughs> seen
1: one quarterback this year we he's been in person. I'm sure I don't know this, but I kind of know he's seen eight or ten or twelve quarterbacks in person.
0: He went to go see Burrow uh, before Burrow became the number right. one, no doubt pick. I think in September he went to a game and and to see LSU.
1: Everybody's in love with, with love because they saw his name, and and we didn't see Ballard evidence that he saw Herbert or whoever. And and furthermore, and this happens in recruiting too. If you're an IU fan, I'm not. I mean, Kentucky fan, UNC fan, whoever you're a fan of. If you find out that your school is hot on the trail for some point guard somewhere. You decide you want that guy and he's great and you've never seen him. Yeah, like you've never. And obviously your coaches would know something if they're trying to recruit him. Then they must know. But but like you as a listener, me as a writer, I don't know. And so this this Kevin Love or not Kevin Love, Bryce Love, what's his name? Love.
0: Yeah, Jordan Love. Jordan him, him too.
1: <laughs> Jordan Love nobody knows nobody in this city you might have seen a few youtube highlights of him a high school quarterback with just highlights can look great Mm. so i don't want to hear about jordan love as the guy and i want jordan love and he's got shut up
0: (laughs) i could just sequel an s back there when he gets this podcast going through it and making the title uh doyle says that kevin love should be the next quarterback of the (laughs) Colts. that's what we should put out there just get the maximum amount of clicks and bobby hoying that's right yeah that's your favorite um what's in fact, since you brought up Kevin Love in basketball, let's go ahead and flip over to the Pacers. A nice win for them last night, a bounce-back win. Look, I know Charlotte's not very good. Um, T.J. Warren continues to be a really nice replacement for Boyan Bogdanovich. I think he's given you just about what Boyan would have, and he's saving you about half the cost.
1: Yeah, I don't – we knew that Boyan – and we kind of found this out a l- l- little bit late in the game, but it turns out he's a really good defender. Mm-hmm. Um probably you know above average not great but above average I don't TJ Warren is no one's saying he's above average so I, I don't think it's a complete and total um fair trade by the way speaking of boyon did you see last night he had 35 points wow no rebounds no assists no steals no blocks
0: wow that's like a Kobe line <laughs> I,
1: mean, I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I wonder if someone like Nat Newell would, would look this up. But who who in NBA history has had wow. 35 or more and zero of everything else? That's, that's not crazy. easy
0: to do. No, because you would. I would assume he would have played major minutes. you score 35 points. You're yeah. out there 90% of the game probably. I mean, the assist is the easy
1: thing to get yeah. because you just throw the ball one time, a guy hits a bucket, there's an assist. So anyway, yeah, T.J. Warren, though, I mean, he's a professional bucket getter. And they've got a bunch of those on this team. Jeremy Lamb is a bucket getter. Brogdon, as good as he is at other things when he's healthy, bucket getter. Old Depot, when he comes back, bucket getter. Sabonis, I mean, he scores. Mm-hmm. Miles Turner can score. How about him? How about Miles Turner being the seventh name I mentioned? He can score. Aaron Halday can score. They've got a bunch of guys that can I mean they got a bunch of guys that can score. And so you don't need any one guy to be hot any given night. So yeah, it was T J Warren's turn last night. They're still a they're still not what are they, twenty three and ten at one point?
0: Yeah, and they lost 4-5, and so this kind of snapped that skid of 4-5. or five.
1: This is about who they are, uh, which is fine. They're, they're on pace to win between 45 and 48, and that's about right, even without Vic. Yeah. It's a great season they're having, and you know when Vic comes back, they're going to take a small step back, just because of chemistry and whatever. It's going to take three or four weeks, because Vic hadn't played with, except for Miles and Domash. really hadn't played with any of these guys. Mm-hmm. So they'll take a small step back. Um, but then they'll be hopefully red hot or whatever. Whatever their max is, they'll be that in the playoffs.
0: I haven't looked at the metrics or anything, but I, I do find it I found it interesting that Warren came in, advertised as not being able to guard a chair, kind of like Bogdanovich, and while TJ Warren isn't the second coming of Patrick Beverly or anything, I do think that there have been some big game situations, at least when I've watched, where he's made a great defensive play or you know done something competently on that end, and when you – Add in the fact that he's only getting 11 million this year. I think he's due 24 over the next two years, which is pennies in today's NBA. And you got a second round pick, which you flipped into three picks for him. You got him. Not only did you get him for free, Phoenix gave you something to take him on. I just oh, think it's a stroke of brilliance by Pritchard.
1: Oh, that was that. That will. I mean, that's got to be one of the best offseason moves because they yeah. literally they were given something to take this guy. Yeah. this guy's going to average about 20 a game. That's crazy. And yeah, I mean, his defense. I didn't mean to imply it all. His defense is bad. I don't, no one's ever said it's as good as bogeys. Who the heck knows? Um, but I've, I've watched TJ a few times. I've focused a few times, and and he gives the effort. It's all, it's Which all is I can all,
0: say. It's 90% of the battle. That's right. how you want. You want somebody to try on that end.
1: He's not mailing it in like we've, like, you know, like Paul George is as great a defender as Paul George is. He'll mail it in half the time.
0: Oh, yeah. He, he was a great defender when he wanted to when be. What he wanted to be. He as was as an as elite as defender. As good as, as, as I've ever be. seen, right? Yeah. Uh, let's move on to college basketball. Uh, you wrote about Butler. You were at Hinkle on Saturday. I was at Hinkle as well. My family's actually season ticket holders. Uh, another nice win for the dogs, fourteen and one. This is their highest national ranking in season in program history, and yet I feel like we're not talking about them. Should we be talking about them? They're number six in the More. country, isn't that crazy? Right, but people would rather talk
1: about IU struggles. They'd even rather talk about like well, Purdue kind of they're, they're home and away. Purdue falls off a cliff away from Mackey. Mm-hmm. That people don't. I, I think people aren't talking about Butler very much because I well, two reasons. One is. You know, most people didn't go to Butler. Most people, their family didn't go to Butler. So there's not there's not that built-in stuff. And second of all, I, I think folks don't believe it's real. I mean, it has to be that. And I don't believe it's real. They're number six. I mean, that's I find that really hard to believe. But
0: it's hard to find teams to rank above them because college basketball at the top has been so topsy turvy. Oh, oh, as far so as... so I, I just think def- by default they're the number sixteen. Oh, as far as yeah.
1: resumes go, if I was ranking them, I'd, I'd probably. I mean, as far as resumes, they belong there. But you, look, but. The talent, and and we've seen this with Butler a lot over the years. Whether it was Brad coaching him or Thad Mata, whoever, when Butler's good, when any, when any team that doesn't recruit the elite athletes and Butler doesn't get those guys, when any a team like that's good, the sum of their parts is greater than the individual or however that works. And that's what Butler has because they on they they have a Brad Stevens like team minus Gordon Hayward, where there's nobody in this team that you're going to see in the NBA. Nobody. But five or six or seven of them are above average, and they play great defense, and they play hard. But, like, Kamar Baldwin's our star, and he's a great college player, but he'll never play in the NBA.
0: Right? I mean, never. Yeah, and somebody like Sean McDermott, who is a fantastic college player. Actually, Sean McDermott is the kind of guy that IU used to get, where he just grew and developed over year one to year four, and by the time he was a senior, he ended up being a really good player. I mean, I think Sean... Baldwin's their guy. He's the star. He's the guy, you know, tie game, 10 seconds left. The ball's in his hand. But I, I think, really, the X factor for them is McDermott. I think he's he's their second most important player, in my opinion.
1: Well, yeah, he's a, he can get a double-double. He's yeah. a great defender. I mean, he does everything well. Aaron Thompson is a nasty That defender. too. Yeah, he's a great guy. He doesn't get a lot a of attention. Guy. But, yeah, because he doesn't score a lot because he can't shoot at all. No. I mean, he just can't shoot.
0: But he they don't even everything. try to defend him out there. They're no. like, if you want to shoot that three, go ahead, man. His free throw's are not it. very good, right? Yeah. He just
1: he can't shoot, but he, he. I mean, he's Ronald Norred all over again. I mean, mm-hmm. Butler's had guys, uh, uh, Alex Barlow. Butler's had guys like this where they're not much on offense, but you can't take them all the, off the court. So Butler's got a bunch of guys like that that their their numbers aren't great, but together they're all great. And and for me, the big picture of all this is you you either have the right coach or you don't, you know. And and IU right now they don't know. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just, I mean, they, IU doesn't know. I think at Butler, you, you, you know, you, you know, but he's the right coach. Granted, he didn't recruit Kamar Baldwin, but he's recruiting at a higher level than anybody ever has as far as as far as rankings go. Laval Jordan is, and if he can get this roster to play this well and be 14-1, I mean, I, he's the guy.
0: Yeah, and that's a really tough league. I mean, we'll learn a lot about Butler in the next couple of weeks because the Big East is far better than what it was last year when they finished in a last place tie. Uh, let's start. Let's go over to Indiana. Um <laughs> Why do you The look on your face? Yeah, it's just, Greg, I, I just think, I think Indiana fans are just over it now. Uh, they want to see some notable progress, and they're just not seeing it. And this brand of basketball, you know, Tom Crean's teams had their struggles, but it was a fun brand of basketball to watch because offensively they had shooters and they could right. light it up. This brand of basketball, you know, you can get away with it when you're Virginia because you're ranked in the top ten and you're cranking out ACC championships and Final Fours and all of that. It's hard to watch this brand of basketball when it's team when it's a team that's kind of fighting its way off of the, the NCAA tournament bubble. You know.
1: Yeah. So in other words, the, watching a team grind and not and grind successfully is hard. Yes. To do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, we're here at the Star. And and David Woods and I, he's our Butler beat rider. We're talking about this downstairs about Butler's number six. Can you believe it? And he was he was saying, Yeah, I mean I because Butler could go to the Indianapolis region and and he goes, Can you imagine if they played Michigan, if they played Purdue in here? And I and I said to him, But Woodsy Purdue's not gonna be in the tournament. IU's not gonna be in the tournament. They're not they're not gonna be in the tournament. They're the Big Ten is so brutal and those two teams, IU two, they're 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 going to finish 11th, 12th, 13th. So, I mean, Butler is the team in our state right now, which means IU is not. And, you know, I, I, IU, the, that loss they had at Maryland, you know, you can lose to Maryland by 15, but you can't lose when you're down 30 at one point where it looks like. I mean, the only, the only way a team with as much talent as IU has, no, they're not loaded with pros, but they got talent. The only way a team with that kind of talent can be down 30 ever is they quit. And maybe they tried hard in the last five minutes, or maybe Maryland just pulled off the gas entirely. I don't know. This reminded me of the, was it Illinois? In the Big Ten tournament, it was in Chicago a couple years ago. IU got down to somebody by 30. I feel like. And Devontae Green went
0: nuts. Oh, uh, Ohio State. It Ohio was last State. year. And they rallied and they almost came back and won because mm-hmm. Devontae Green hit a bunch of threes and they fell short. That was a play-in game. It was viewed as a play-in game. Like, the winner of this game will right. make the NCAA tournament. Of course, Indiana didn't win and they ended up missing the NCAA tournament. I mean, this Maryland game wasn't yeah.
1: quite that because they didn't get that close. But it, it sort of remin- reminiscent of that is that you just you stunk and then Devontae Green goes nuts yeah. when it's too late. So, it's all
0: window dressing. Yes, and their guard play, I think that's the problem. Green can go nuts sometimes. Sometimes he could be the worst player on the floor. Uh, and the rest of the roster is just Al Durham and uh, Justin Smith. It's just a bunch of like, C, C-plus level players. When Joey Brunk is your best guy, and I really like Joey Brunk, and he's got a great story and he's a local kid – but in the first half of that game, Joey Brunk was their best player, and if Joey Brunk's your best player in a Big Ten game that's out there on the floor, then you're in real trouble. Well,
1: yeah, and Joey had almost—I mean, he had nine and nine, almost a double double. Yeah. Everybody else was not any good. Devonte Green was good because last five minutes, but I don't count that. That's,
0: yeah, that's mop up time.
1: That's like you go on a football field, they're on private defense, and you throw down downfield; those stats stink. I don't care about those stats.
0: I'm not writing off the NCAA tournament for either of those teams. I think Painter has earned the benefit of the doubt, unlike Miller. Uh, I just don't know where the points are going to come from for Purdue because I think they had a lot of eggs in the Proctor-Wheeler basket, and Wheeler has been a total train wreck this year, and Proctor's just not that level. He's not like the John Octius level of transfer that sometimes you, you really strike it rich with.
1: Yeah, and he started off looking—I mean, he was averaging 17, 18 a game yeah. early, but he's falling off a little bit. Yeah, Wheeler's the—and I, I mean, he's such a nice kid. And I, but,
0: I feel terrible about it, yeah, because I really thought this was going to be a big leap year for him.
1: Yeah, he's—I mean, every box score—I I always think, okay, that's rock bottom, and then the next game comes out, and he'll go 1 for 6 or 0 mm-hmm. oh for 6. I mean, it's—every game, he's getting worse. It's it's hard to watch, because last year, he didn't get that many shots, because Carson Edwards and Klein all those guys, but last year— it felt like that ball's going in when he shoots it. I mean, it felt mm-hmm. – and now, I I mean, he doesn't even play very much.
0: And you said it. He's He looks like a pro. Like, he looks like he, – he's the kind of guy that is going to be a pro prospect, and that's why it's so disappointing. And you look around the rest of the roster, I mean, Travion Williams is a nice player. Is he a go-to guy? I don't think so. I don't think Eric Hunter – I know he was a prolific scorer. I don't think he's ready to do that. Stefanovic is just the guy that, you know, is going to give you two or three threes or something like that per night. They just don't have that guy that is going to be – your bucket getter, and 37 points, it's the worst total in 70 years. I mean, that's embarrassing. That's a historically bad performance against a meh Illinois team. Well, it almost feels like
1: you're describing Butler minus Kamara Baldwin, <laughs> and yet, I mean, Harms, Eastern, the, Sasha, Kinshoot, shoot. Eric Hunter, Wheeler, Proctor. I, I feel like on paper, Purdue has a better roster than Butler. I feel like on paper it's not even close. Maybe I'm wrong, but on, it's not even close. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think Purdue's roster is comparable, and the and the that's why the offensive struggles are so shocking. Not that Butler's lighting the world on fire offensively, but any given night you're getting something from Golden, uh, Jordan Tucker stepped up and has hit some big shots in big spots this year. We already talked about McDermott and Baldwin, and I, I just don't know. I think Baldwin is a better scorer than anybody that Purdue has. Yes, I'll yeah, say that. Right, that that's yeah. the difference
1: he, for sure. Purdue don't, doesn't have a Baldwin, but then players two through eight. I mean, I feel like Purdue on paper, it looks better. And the thing about it is that Painter is, as you say, you benefit the doubt guy. I mean, he he coaches defense. He coaches rebounding. He coaches effort. So the problem is not, well, the coach just can't get it out of him. No. It's just a damn mystery. I mean, it really is mysterious what happened to Purdue.
0: And it does happen. I mean, the drop-off, you lose Swanigan, you don't drop off. You lose Haas and Edwards and Matthias, and you don't drop off. You lose Edwards, and now maybe finally this is a little bit of a drop-off here, a transition year for them. You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Painter is the guy. Purdue fans are not talking about him like IU fans are talking about Miller because one guy's a track record, one guy hasn't. Here is the thing about Miller: um, Fred Glass, the AD, is you know has announced he's stepping down. Mm-hmm. I forget when, but it's pretty soon.
0: Yeah, the end of the spring sports season.
1: Well, I mean the the biggest reason that t- Tom Allen, of course, he's winning fine now, but Tom Allen and Archie Miller could feel good even as they were trying to find themselves, and Tom Allen has, but is that Fred, Fred Glass is a guy that has shown it. Has shown it. He believes in stability. He believes in continuity. He doesn't think the way to fix an ailing program is to scorch the earth and start over. He thinks it's to invest better with the people you have that you believe in. Well, the new AD coming in is going to have no tie, yep. unless it's Scott Dolson who's the number 2 guy at IU. It might be him. Um, but even if it is him, he didn't hire Archie. So I'm not saying Archie's in trouble after year 3. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that I wouldn't even even said these words out loud about about the administration but now you I mean it's a, I mean you have to wonder like if the new guy comes in determined to make a splash in basketball, who knows?
0: It's not difficult to make the NCAA tournament. Mediocre teams make the NCAA tournament all the time. They're in the playing game or they're a 10 seed or whatever. And for Indiana to not make the tournament in any of Archie's first three years, if that's what happens, I, think that's, I don't think that's enough to get him off because the contract situation is, I think it's fully guaranteed through 2020 where he gets every single penny. So I don't think Indiana can afford to fire him or, or will fire him after year three, even if things go in the tank this year. But um, you'd like to see some sort of notable progress, and you're just not. They're just stuck in the mud are well, spinning their wheels. And you say it's
1: easy to it's not hard to get in the tournament and you're talking about one of the top 5 or 10 basketball programs of all time. Yeah. Hey, do you think uh Bob Knight shows up Saturday? Who who's are you playing?
0: Uh Northwestern, right? Ohio State. Oh wait, Northwestern's tomorrow. And then yeah, Who, um yeah, Bob and Bob go? Knight
1: wants to eh. Right, I mean, it, maybe.
0: There. Are you going? just I'm, in case i was going anyway just, okay
1: you know but the thing with 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 night is um and nobody knows bob Knight's not telling anybody and nobody has a source close to night and if they do that source bob hamill for example the mm. bloomington paper guy they're not talking so nobody knows anything but there's just a lot of momentum growing in the guessing circles which is really all we have that he's going to go to game. i mean you add all the numbers together he moved back he's been seen on campus he's made references to loving IU again you know at least back in the day i mean he's he's no longer the cold war is over it we're not in a love affair but the cold war is over it just seems like there's only one step left there's really there's only one step You're left
0: right. and from my perspective of an IU grad a rabid IU basketball fan as a kid both of my parents were IU grads I don't think that I'm alone in this. My feeling has always been, Greg, if Knight shows up again, great. If he doesn't show up again, great. Oh, I've, I, You know what I mean? I think there's a, f- a faction of the fan base that has kind of moved on. I think there are those people that would love to see it, and, but they, they would cry in the stands if they showed him up on the video board and the whole thing. I just, um, th- I, I think there's there are many fans that just kind of look at this as, you know, if they don't hate Knight, if he comes, great. If he doesn't, whatever.
1: Oh, very clearly. I, yeah. I don't think the fan base as a whole is – Mourning the fact that he won't come and, and dying, begging that he comes in their own heads. I, that's not happening. But I do think people like you um, that are could go either way will just absolutely get chills when they see him in that arena.
0: It would be nice for closure. And when they hear the, the uh, yeah, the, I will the cheer say that. Gets,
1: yeah. There will be, what is the Assembly Hall hole? 15,000, 16, There will, you know, it used to be when they would introduce Tom Crean and in, even when they introduced. Archie Miller now, you can hear a few boos. I mean, not a lot, mm. not enough to write about, but you can hear you know, 5 or 6 or 50, I don't know, boos. I, when, when Bob Knight shows up, I mean, there might be a couple jerks that boo. There might be, but I think it's going to be the loudest noise we've heard in that building in years.
0: You, you know, if you feel like you want to boo, I, I'm actually okay. He's not the greatest person in the world, right? We've established that. No, but, but for that moment, I think it would be nice for the closure of the whole thing to clap politely and now we can all move on. If you haven't moved on already, now, you, now we can all move on. I do think it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I, I think we all – do you agree that it is going to happen, that night's going to show up in one of these games?
1: I, I do think we're racing – I don't know what his health is. Nobody knows mm-hmm. what his health is, but I, we're racing the clock. I think the only reason it won't happen is if he gets so unhealthy that he yeah. just can't make that appearance. And I don't know about this year. And I kind of hope it's not the Ohio State game, just because I would like him to show – for his own sake, and I'm not a night guy, but for his own sake – I would like him to show up at a game when it's not his alma mater. Like, leave no doubt why you're there. You're not there yeah, that's because, a good point. I yeah, think about well, it's like IU that. and my alma mater. No, no, no. You're, you're going to that arena because you're the IU coach. So do it when it's anybody but Ohio State.
0: Good check out Greg's latest columns. Uh, the Dick Nyers story, I haven't had the chance to read yet, but you teased it yesterday on our show, which I thought was really interesting.
1: I was talking to him, and the story's up right now. I was talking to him, Dick Nyers, yesterday morning, and I wrote the story. And I told him, you know, I, you know I'm X number of years old. I've been in this business a long time. I've talked to a lot of people. And this is after he told me one of his many stories. I said, you're, you're in the, my short list of the most interesting people I've ever talked to. Not really because of the way he talks. I don't mean he, you know, but just the things that come out of his, the, the stories he has, mm-hmm. the experiences he has. I, I'll put Dick Nyers up with almost anybody I've ever written
0: about. It's I, I can't wait to read it. Uh, also, you've got the Brady stuff that we talked about, obviously, at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, you can check it out on the app as well. And I think the digital deal might still be going Still, it's it's now it's twenty nine bucks for a year.
1: Yeah, that's two fifty a month.
0: I mean, it's what? it's totally and completely. I'm a, a happy subscriber. It's totally and completely worth it. Not only do you get Greg, you get everybody else here at the Indie Star. We'll see you next week, Greg. Thanks so much, Derek. Thanks.